Man, what the hell is going on with Zion Williamson? Brett Van Vliet decides to bet on himself, and the Denver Nuggets receive their first NBA championship. I'm Rosa Panta, this is Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. KJ, how you living, my friend? Woo! Feeling good, feeling great. How about you? Man, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be here. It's been a while. Yes, it has. And Sammy! How you living, my friend? I'm good, but I'm sad, man. There is no basketball, no football. <laughs> Hell, I ain't even no hockey until September. So I'm just going to ride the wave and watch some sort of highlights until then. Man, you know who's not sad? No one in Denver right now because the Nuggets finished off the heat in five games to win their first NBA championship. The game was 94 to 89. Much of this game was kind of stuck in the mud and Jimmy Butler couldn't get going. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, he hits a three, he hits another three. You start to think, is Jimmy going to pull this out? We've seen him do it before. And then Aaron Gordon fouls Jimmy Butler at the three point line with his groin or something like that. I don't know. But of course, Bruce Brown saves the day with that putback, with the last bucket that wasn't a free throw, and they end up winning. Guys, the Denver Nuggets, what did you guys first think of the game? And second of all, was there, were, are, is any of you surprised that this was the outcome? Sammy's not, he picked it in five. Oh, that's true. Thank you, I was gonna pat Damn my it. own back, but I appreciate you doing that for me. <laughs> I, I preemptively did it because I didn't want you to do that. I'm going to do it anyway, so, so I'll let you start. We're five. No, you can start, but we're five minutes. We're not even five minutes in. You can't be doing the starting with that, Sammy. Come on now. I'm just messing. <laughs> Go for it. Well, the game itself, it just felt like both teams were very tight. I think at one point, Denver was one of 17 from deep. So you could tell they, they were a little bit tight. They, had, they didn't have anybody who had been this far, at least in a while, who had played a major role. Fortunately for them, I think Miami just ran out of gas. Yeah. I don't think it's going to come out because it's not his style, but I don't think Butler's ankle ever got healthy after that injury he suffered earlier in the playoffs. He just didn't have the same amount of lift. Outside of that fourth quarter little spurt that he had, he was not good in this game. I just felt like injuries affected him overall. In terms of the result of this series, just the talent disparity looked too big, and this team was just too... What's the word? They weren't as shaky confidence-wise as Boston was. And then whatever it was that happened with Milwaukee just didn't exist with this Denver team. That That is why, honestly, I did think this would be a five-game series even after game two. It just felt like the only way Miami could win this is if they shot 50% from deep. And they did that in one game. They won that game. And outside of that, it just felt like there was too large a talent disparity there. So congrats to the Nuggets. It very much deserved never really called the favorite despite being the one seed pretty much the whole season right and everyone yeah. was still questioning them the whole way and they went in and I, even now i don't think it's getting talked about this was a dominant postseason they lost a total of four games across right. and there's only one team in the last 20 years that did better than that which was the first edition i believe of the katie warriors who lost i think it was one game one game yep yeah, and outside of that, no one's been that dominant, and I don't think anyone expected the Nuggets to be so in this postseason. So, major props to them for really just running through the entire playoffs. So apparently, Tyler Hero was like available this game. Do you boys think that that would have even made a difference with the way this Denver Nuggets team was playing? No, just because he hasn't played basketball, meaningful, meaningful basketball in since round one so was yeah. that a month literally game one of round one right so almost two i don't know how long it, that was maybe a close almost to two, two months, months i would, have, yeah, I would say almost two months so no for that reason but if he came into the postseason healthy or i'm sorry if he came into the series and the finals healthy then i think you would have had a you would have you could have made a better case for him making a difference but I think all Sammy's right. Ultimately, I just think Denver was top to bottom the better team. They were the bigger team, which I think was definitely, <laughs> it just wore them out. They got tired. When you're battling left and right and you're banging with those the big bodies and those those tall guys, oh. I think it's just going to 
over time, it, you know, as the series progresses, you're going to have less and less chances of winning. And it just showed, man, they were outnumbered. And again, Jimmy Butler's ankle, he's never going to admit it, but he, I think Sammy's right. He didn't look right. But Denver, you know, first championship in franchise history. Those are the sweetest, man. And um, not that I know, because it's been a while and the Lakers win a lot. I'm just throwing that <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> you know, congratulations to the city of Denver and all your fans, man. Oh, JJ, what do you think? Yeah, just to uh, add on to what both you and Sammy were just saying, the Nuggets, they were not really the favorite team to win in terms of, like, the general public. And I think part of that is because of their defense. They were always ranked within the 14th and 15th net rating. And we've always said this on the clinic, which is what wins championships is the defense. But major props to Coach Malone because when he came down for strategy against your Timberwolves, you have the Suns with Katie and Booker, and then you had the Lakers who, let's just be honest, you know, they were performing very, very well post-trade deadline. And then you have this Miami Heat that's super, super going hot going into the postseason. Great, great strategy per series basis. You saw that the Nuggets took away the pick and roll between Butler and Adebayo and really took out the role players who perform like crazy against the Celtics. So the Nuggets and... This is going to kind of sound ridiculous, fellas, but the Nuggets made the Heat look like a play-in team. Yeah, absolutely, JJ. And a big part of that, of course, is Nikola Jokic, who becomes the first player in history to lead the league in points, rebounds, and assists in a single postseason. Of course, he wins the Bill Russell Trophy as finals MVP. And this guy is just absolutely unbelievable. And I know that a lot of places have talked about how awesome he is. I want you guys to have a chance to also do that, but kind of like in your own way. What kind of sticks out about Nikola Jokic and where he kind of places among the greats? Mm. I mean, well, I think what sticks out to me the most is how easy the game is for him. I mean, we're talking about the best athletes, best basketball players in the world. Not even 1% of people, right? Of the, all the people that play basketball in college, that aspire to be in the NBA, that play in the G League, less than 1%, much less than 1% make the NBA. So for Jokic to come in here, and I, I get it, LeBron James and Kevin Durant, all these players, they're, they're levels above these other players. But when it comes to someone who's not as athletic, someone who is the fastest, someone who doesn't have those abilities that someone like LeBron James has, for him to just dominate anybody that he plays and really doesn't get rushed, he just makes everything look so easy. And he even said in an interview that the game is kind of easy for him, which I think Luca said the exact same thing, so I don't know if it's a European Pretty thing, but... He's literally, it's like he's playing with children out there, right? He's, he looks like he's playing against guys that are one league or one level or two age groups beneath him. So for me, he's just an incredible player. Um, definitely looks disinterested at times, which is, and he even said that basketball is not his number one passion. So it's, it's so, it's like surreal to me to watch him, right? Because he's just not, He's not like a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan where they're just obsessed with the game and all they do is play and practice. He did, It comes off as a hobby to him, but he just absolutely dominates. So that's, for me, that's what kind of sticks out. Yeah, and what's cool about Jokic is that he made the big man position important again. He was one of the forefathers in this new era because post-Jordan... You didn't really see many centers dominate like what we used to see with Hakeem. You have uh, David Robinson. And then you had Shaq, but 
Shaq dominated. So we didn't really see really center-centric teams until this era with Jokic、um, and Embiid. And I think Jokic is now not only one of the forefathers of bringing that back, but he is the best out of that group. And not only that, like he plays a position like a point guard, which is insane. Is Jokic a top ten center of all time at this point? Ooh, I'd have to think of that list.、Um... Well, I mean, Shaq Shaq made sort of like a list. Just mentioned people. It was Kareem, Hakeem. Himself, Wilt, Bill,、um, the Admiral, Ewing. So where where would where would Jokic kind of be placed in that list? I think as I think Patrick Ewing's gotten to the point where he's kind of underrated because、mm. he never won, but Jokic is ahead of him at this point because he agreed he's got the MVPs,、yeah. he's got the NBA title. The constant argument with him, of course, is his defense.、Wow. But what I felt like I saw watching him in these finals, I know Bam played really well against him, and I will fully give him credit for that. Is obviously like John was saying, he's not the most athletic guy, but positionally, he's always in the right spot, and you do have to give him credit for that. So I think his defensive shortcomings are a bit overblown. I don't think he's a great defender by any means, but I bring that up because I think that's where the comparison. Would be with Robinson. I think he's obviously a far more elite offensive player than David Robinson ever was, but David Robinson is better defensively. I'd probably put him around that level right now, but I can't see him if he keeps on this track not getting into the top five, top four at minimum in the next four or five years, probably higher. Am I am I having some recency bias when I say that, guys? To me. Go go ahead, Jay. Yes, it would win one more chip to be, I think five with Hakeem. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with you, Jay. That he needs to win more chips. But the thing is about like Nikola Jokic that like separates himself from like all the greats is that he does it in such a different way. You know, JJ was mentioning it. You know, like it's it's not this dominating thing. You know, like where he's like banging down low and like just no one could stop him offensively, or like he's dominating on defense. He does it where he's just like literally controlling the game, just with his IQ. And I hate to say this, but Jokic is literally the only player I've seen ever where you could go an entire game and just be like, I didn't see a single mistake. And like. You think about like LeBron James. You think about like Steph Curry. Like they'll just have like random boneheaded plays. You know, like what the heck did you see there? But Jokic, like, there's like no mistakes. It's so crazy. So I I think he has to be mentioned among the greats just because of his efficiency is just so out of this world. Am I kind of like overblowing the statement here? I don't think so. And the other thing is just like you were saying. His skill set, and maybe this is recency bias, but his skill set is so unique at that position. I don't remember a center who plays like he does, who's predominantly a playmaker. And if there's someone obvious there that I'm forgetting, by all means bring him up. But just the efficiency is outrageous. Like what he did in these playoffs, I was just looking at the overall numbers. It was something like. Shot well over fifty percent. Shot forty-five percent from deep, eighty percent from the line. Just the traditional big always had their shortcomings that he just doesn't seem to have. And yeah, I also put that in perspective. Maybe that's why I have him ranked a little higher already. Just because he is a he is a unicorn, I guess is the term that we use sometimes to describe. I I just don't remember a center who. Influence the game in the way specifically that he does. I don't think we've seen that before. Yeah, his average is. Let's see here: thirty points, thirteen rebounds, nine point five assists. He almost got a triple double. Yeah. Like averaging for the playoffs, he also had ten triple doubles in these playoffs. Absolutely ridiculous.、Um, I want to talk about. Or do, does anyone else have anything else to say about Nikola Jokic before we move on? I want to talk about Michael Malone here. He had this. 
to say, quote, I've got news for everybody out there. We're not satisfied with one. We want more. And he went on to say, Pat Riley said something many years ago. I used to have it up on my board when I was head coach in Sacramento and was and it talked about the evolution in this game and how you go from a nobody to us to an upstart. You go from an upstart to a winner and a winner to a contender and a contender to a champion. And the last step after a championship is to be a dynasty. <laughs> Michael Malone mentioned the D word dynasty. What? what do you guys think of him kind of dropping that after winning this championship? What do you guys think? <laughs> I can't fault him for his, his ambition. I think as a coach, you always want to instill that type of confidence to you, not only yourself, but your team. But I do think it's a little bit premature. One championship, that's enjoy your one. But I don't know if, and Michael Malone hasn't been in this position, but for those that have championships, multiple ones, minus Sammy here. Bro and JJ and myself are the only ones who experienced it. Excuse me, I'm sorry, Sammy, I had to throw that <laughs> No, I, but I think all of us on here, in all seriousness, understand how difficult it is to not only win a championship, but to repeat, right? To win multiple championships. Yep. Because the one thing that happens in the following season is that everyone is gunning for you. They come at you harder. And one of the things that you have to try to navigate through and manage as a team that did win the championship, right, the incumbent, is that you have to manage those expectations, but you also have to stay hungry. And that is the biggest thing is, is complacency. You have to continue to want to win. And a lot of the times it's either the players or the coaches who get complacent or they get they say, you know what, we already won one. And so you have to really try to motivate your team. So... Again, I, I admire the ambition, but I think it's a little bit premature. Michael Malone is though somebody who's been saying a lot of things in this in these playoffs here. He's been very uh, vocal, I will say. Sensitive. What do you guys think? Well, for the record, <clears throat> I am in the middle of an NFL dynasty right now, so I will enjoy that. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, that would be it's great Nikola if this Jokic, was Patrick Mahomes. That would be I would be great if this was called the All Clinic NFL podcast. But it will not. be in July. <laughs> Tune in then when we drop our gambling predictions, friends. Um, there you go. Nice plug. But, nice plug. Uh, I like it. All all kidding aside, uh, I think I think you're right in all aspects. Malone's been very vocal in the whole playoffs, just about how they weren't getting enough attention during the Lakers series. He, he turned the, he turned that into a meme because it felt like he mentioned the <laughs> Lakers multiple times. Um, dropping the dynasty after, during the post-game press conference after he won the first one, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit much. Uh, I guess when you're the one holding, holding the championship, you can say whatever you want at that point. On the prospect of if they could get there, I mean, the West is in a weird place right now. You've got a lot of teams in some weird spots. The Warriors are in a crossroads. The Clippers are at a crossroads. I would mention the Teals, but there's no reason to. The Lakers are in a weird spot. Like, just going through the teams, it's it's yeah. hard to say who's going to be at the forefront to challenge them. Of What we were talking about with Jokic earlier, he's 28, and the way his game's going to age, barring injury, you got to imagine that he's going to be effective for a very long time. So, I think the only to... sorry, I was gonna say same. I think the only team on that list, like you said, is I think the Suns, right? If they're able to get that depth, yeah, I think they're gonna probably be the team to beat. Yeah, I could see the Suns being there, depending on the offseason. Then honestly, the the dark horse next year, I'll throw this out there now before we get full into the offseason, is gonna be Oklahoma City. I will freely stand on that and throw that out now, but it's Ooh. early for that. Uh, we'll get there in the off season, but they're they're gonna they're gonna be a top five seed next year. But anyway, uh, yeah, they can say what they want at this point. They're in their rights too. But this was your also your first finals appearance, not even your first championship. Let's let's get in the dynasty when you've at least <laughs> been to the finals at least three times. That would be my like benchmark to start. I'll go I'll go opposite from you two. I, I think I'm gonna say I love it. Just because I remember, you or you love it, you I love I it. I, I love it. Well, I want to go opposite take just for our audience okay. out there and give 
them the different perspective, but I'm just gonna get some of the folklore from yours, Laker team, John, which is I remember Pat Riley said Dynasty back to back, and Magic Johnson had the death stare at Pat Riley. But guess what the Lakers did? They got that back to back, baby. They got that dynasty going. <laughs> And I think just this, this sets up the next year's team with that mentality like, oh, maybe we should work hard to get that back-to-back now that we have the target on our back. And we've seen it multiple times where, like what you guys said, it's so hard to repeat. But at least this might have a little motivation and Malone has the right to do it. He just won the chip and... This just this just speaks volume volumes from where he came from. John, Sammy, I know you're gonna clown on Jun for his second favorite team, Sacramento Kings. Remember, he was only with that team for a few months. Got yeah. fired, I believe, only eleven games in after his second season with them. And that was like one of the teams that had a very huge potential of going far in the playoffs but no stability Malone gets fired goes to the Nuggets and in a few years lo and behold wins a chip so JJ I love the I do love your Pat Riley reference of the back-to-back guarantee during the parade or during the celebration for that first title but I will I will caveat with this that that team also had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Magic Johnson Byron Scott Michael Thompson, uh, Michael Cooper, you know, that's that's They're a great. far cry from what the Denver <laughs> yeah. Denver Nuggets currently <laughs> have. So I'll just say that. I, I think I, it's a lot easier. I think it's a lot easier to guarantee when you have players like that. Yeah, that's right? true. It's not like he's rolling out there with the uh, San Antonio Spurs current team. <laughs> I, I, I'm agreeing with you, John. I also agree with JJ. Where I I also love it. I love that he mentioned the dynasty word. Um, I think the Nuggets are set up in a way where they possibly could. I mean, Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP. He could have been a three-time MVP this year if it didn't mean, like, the the meaning behind being a three-time MVP was, like, too much. But he could have won it this year. Also, like, Jamal Murray, that two-way game. I mean, it's it's so good. They also drafted pretty well with, like, Michael Porter Jr. and Christian Brown who all of a sudden is becoming a really good role player. I want to ask you guys this with Nikola Jokic. He wears the number 15. This year, Carmelo Anthony also retired. And it sparked the conversation of who retires number 15. Would it be Carmelo Anthony or would it be Nikola Jokic? Now, after winning a championship, this might be a far gone thought. Mm. But what do you guys think should happen? Sorry, Mello. That number belongs to Jokic. You left Denver requesting for a trade. They give up all those assets for you. If only you could have been patient and yep. stuck with the, 100%. with the Denver Nuggets. This could have been you, boy. But Yeah, stay mellow. Stay mellow, man. Uh, yeah. Agree 100%. Like, they lost to the Lakers in 2009 um, in the Western Conference Finals. Out 2000, yeah, two, 2009 in the Western Conference Finals, right? I'm, I'm getting my years mixed up. 2010 was Suns, Western Conference Finals. So, I mean, like, and Kobe was in the Lakers. They were a, a great team. They won two out of um, three. But the thing is, is like, like JJ said, just stay patient. That Denver team was stacked. And if they continue to build and build and build, and you've seen it time and time again. Patience pays off. I mean, you just have to continue to build that chemistry. You have to get better individually, and you have to put those two things together with your coaching staff, who will also continue to grow. It's it just it's a shame because he was just impatient, and then he also there's you know he also valued money, which is nothing wrong with that. But he it's clear that he line in line with the championship valued money the same way, and there's a lot of players that don't do that, or even even more so. So. Yeah, definitely Jokic. 
Sorry, yeah. Mello. And in the words of JJ. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect. Maybe we could hang like a 15B jersey up there as the... <laughs> Just for like comparison's yeah. sake, but like a smaller jersey, yeah, like, like a, a little, one. yeah, just you know, a tiny letter next to fifteen. I mean, no disrespect to Melo, but this is not even a comparison. It's it just isn't. Called for <laughs> one, one of these guys just literally led Denver to its first championship. I mean, and the other one asked out and put them in a position where he only wanted to go to one team. Yeah, absolutely. we don't remember that now. Everyone remembers things fondly, but he forced them to trade him. And yep. the fact that they happened to completely pretty much bamboozle New York in that trade and get way more than they should have is beyond the point. But I, I just don't think this is a point of comparison at this point. Yeah. NBA M- Twitter, just stop. You know, it's Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Everyone knows it's Nikola Jokic. That's going to go. That's going to retire at number 15. We have to talk about the Miami Heat and what's next for them. They played very valiantly for these NBA finals. Jimmy Butler seemingly had to do everything for himself. I know that there's rumors that they should go after a big superstar. Do you guys think with the way this team has played this postseason, the grit that they've shown, they should just keep their core group or possibly go after a superstar instead to to ride along Jimmy Butler? Uh, I want to pose a question to you because can they even keep this current group? Don't they have a bunch of free agents that have played well above their expectations like Gabe Vincent I think Gabe Vincent's Caleb. on another year oh he is okay yeah. pull it Caleb up for Martin? you right now I'll let you know uh, uh, Caleb, Caleb Martin. Martin's under contract for two more years yeah Caleb okay Martin, yeah two more years for Caleb okay I stand corrected is there anybody else like hero Robinson any of these other players so they're actually Lowry. mostly under contract um for a little bit lowry lowry's a free agent not this coming year but next year okay um so I most mean, of the given that kevin love, kevin love the main okay so gabe vincent actually is a free agent okay um that's the big one uh gabe My vincent bad. oh no worries gabe vincent max Strus, and kevin love would be the three that were on the playoff rotation for some reason spoil track has Dwayne wade in here i don't know if they're going to resign him <laughs> Um, <laughs> wow, someone's getting fired over there, man. Keep yeah. up, keep up to date. Well, funny thing is, he's also still a year younger than Udonis Haslam, but that's a story for another day. Um, but yeah, your main, their backcourt essentially, it's Struess and Vincent are the main two that you're looking at that are free agents. Yeah, I think they needed one more guy. I think they need one more player, preferably a point guard who can handle the ball and take uh, pressure off of Bam and Jimmy. Currently Russell Great Northwest. <laughs> ah, you're, you're going to Southern California. I went to the Great <laughs> Northwest. De- De- I was going to say D'Angelo Russell might be a good fit until you make the playoffs. The Western Conference Finals. Um, no, but they, they definitely need some. And, and Lowry, look, he used to be that guy in Toronto, but he's no longer that. He's, what is he, 37, 38? He's, you know, close to retirement. So... I think I do think Miami needs one more guy. If they if they can get one more fringe All Star or All Star, I think they can make some noise. I mean, just the, it's more about the culture and that the way that they play the game of basketball, the coaches, the way that they approach the game, the way that they practice, the way that they um, mentally, you know, prepare themselves not only physically but mentally. I think they always put themselves in a position to win. And you saw it this year, you saw it in 2020. I mean, every year they're there competing for a championship, despite what everyone thinks and despite all the odds, right, of who they have on the court, who clearly are below the the talent level for a lot of these teams, especially Denver. So they came up short, but ultimately what they did this year was pretty astonishing. I agree. At the same time, I think we shouldn't have too much recency bias about whether they should run it back because if we remember right, if this team had three bad minutes against Chicago, they would have been out of the playoffs to begin with. So they need to add talent. Um, I I applaud what Spolster did with this team. I think they had an incredible run. But I don't think you can rely on this version of the team going forward um, to get to this level every year. I know they have the last few years, but Jimmy's 34 now. Lowry, like you said, is 37. I get that Hero's young, but 
I don't know if we want to rely on him as more than the third best player on the team, maybe fourth on a championship team. I think they need one more guy to take pressure off of Jimmy and Bam was interesting, man. Like he actually had a really good series against Denver, but it felt like he was terrible against Boston and he's still a little bit inconsistent. So I, I think there's another piece needed here. I definitely agree with John. It's a backcourt player that they could use. I'm curious to see how they kind of cobble the contracts they have to do that. But knowing Pat Riley, someone big is going to end up there. This offseason, they tried. They they tried to trade for Kyrie was the rumor. I believe it. Who knows? Maybe that's the guy. And honestly, as much as I wouldn't want Kyrie anywhere near my team, if there is a locker room that could actually maximize his talent, I think once the first time he tries to sage, I think Jimmy gives him a look, and that's the end. Of it. <laughs> Jimmy starts uh, rocking Nickelback, and he's just yeah. gonna like yeah. make Kyrie lose his mind. Nickelback and Sage, dude. That's. <laughs> Quite That's the a locker room. Yeah. JJ, what do you think? They need some offensive output, which Duncan Robinson and Hero were supposed to be, but Robinson didn't perform. He actually was, I thought, the weakest link in Game 5 and had some costly turnovers. Two turnovers, but they were at the wrong place, wrong time. I know he had the 10 points in their win, but I mean... If you're not there for offense, what are you there for? When your offense isn't there, that's it. And I know the guys always reference that in terms of Jordan Pullen. Hero and Robinson? Sammy, I know we talked about it, but I think they need to get off those contracts. I don't know who the hell would take them, but sheesh. Yeah. Someone will take Hero. I would guarantee you someone would take Hero. I think Just someone would take Hero, they, yeah. Yeah, because um, they think that um, shooting, just shooting in today's NBA is always going to be an asset. Someone would even take Robinson because of that, even though he's a turnstile defensively. But I mean, if they take them together, I don't know. We should definitely keep up with the uh, light skin Splash Brother theme. So I think the Warriors might make a run at Dun Duncan Robinson. <laughs> 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 oh no. That just took a Man. <laughs> also, like I I think if Damian Lillard really wanted out and it just didn't seem like, you know, they were building something that would equate to contending for a, a championship, I think I think Dame Lillard would look great next to Jimmy Butler. I need to also kind of wrap up this postseason here. And I want you to rate the 2023 postseason between a 1 and a 10. 10 being awesome. What did you guys think of this year's postseason? I'll say my hot take. I'm going to say it was a 3 out of 10. Dang, that's low. Yeah. Just because we, we wanted an upset, but... This series itself wasn't challenging. And I don't know. The matchups were pretty bad. Like, not to, uh, not that it's the Nuggets' fault. And I don't really buy into that narrative, but they had an easy path. So, in terms of like entertainment value of like watching basketball, it was okay. Like, I'm glad that I saw LeBron and Curry do well in the playoffs, but. Like what you said, Jin, we didn't see Luca. We yeah. didn't see like a lot of like these matchups. We saw Jimmy Butler in the finals, which is cool for the hardcore NBA fans like ourselves. But if I were to play that game at a party, the casual fans wouldn't like it. And the finals, they're pretty much tailored for casual fans to watch. So in terms of like the whole NBA postseason, it was a three out of 10. I'm a hater. Man, no, rough I'm, crowd. That's I'm harsh. I'm kind of with him, though. I, I would give it a really? four. Okay. Well, Whoa. Here's the Whoa. reason. Here, here's the reason. I'm just I'm looking at the series now. Three, three series went to seven games. Okay? Total. Two of those series, Miami-Boston, Miami was up three love, and most of those games were double digits, including game seven. Boston Philly went seven. If you look at that, there's a 40 point blowout in there. There's three games outside of that that were more than 10 points. 
the one really memorable series that no one's going to remember because it was the first round, except for two of our colleagues here, was the Warriors-Kings series. That was probably the best series of the playoffs. Thank you. You go across the board otherwise. That Just go. Let's go back that. to the first round. Cleveland-New York was supposed to be this great series. It went five games. Philly swept Brooklyn. Boston-Atlanta was a joke. Denver took out Minnesota in five. The second round, Miami-New York, that series was never all that competitive even though Jimmy sprained his ankle in one of those games. Denver-Phoenix was 4-2, and that easily could have been 4-1. The Lakers-Golden State Series won six games, but half those games were blowouts either way. Like, that that's that's why I have this ranked low. And then the conference finals, Denver obviously won in a sweep, and then the finals went in five games. I mean, I appreciate what Denver did, but we're not going to look back at this playoff run and say, do you remember the second round where we had this great series? Because it didn't exist. So... That's that's my recollection of this. I'll I give mm. it the four because I want to respect Denver's dominance, but there wasn't a memorable series outside of the Kings Golden State Warrior uh, round one series, and maybe I'm a bit bitter because Kawhi got hurt again. <laughs> but you know See, what? You you at least addressed it before I could bring it up, Sam. Yeah, Thank you, you can absolutely much. address it. Kawhi goes down, the Clippers are gone. All of a sudden, the rest of the playoffs. I, look, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna address the elephant in the room here. Okay, you all both make valid points, but you can't sit here and tell me that your score wasn't reflected by the fact that the Warriors lost to the Lakers, and that Kawhi Leonard got injured early in the season, in the playoffs. AJ's looking at me like he's going to jump out the screen and punch me in the face. But the reality is, look, I'm also going to incorporate that into my score here as well. But I'm not going as low as you guys. I do think that you make valid points about the games, about the series. There were a lot of expectations set before the series and even before the playoffs, right? And I think that's kind of where the low scores come in, is that we heard from the media, we heard from fans, we heard from ad, ad nauseum that this might be the best playoffs that we've seen. And I hate when people do that. I'm just like, dude, why would you say something? Because there was a lot of parody with the Western, specifically with the Western Conference, right? So people automatically assumed that they were going to be these super competitive games that were going to go six or seven series game series. That didn't happen. But to me, four and three is pretty low. That's like bad, bad. That's like if Smush Parker were to make the playoffs and you had to watch him for seven <laughs> games. Like Brian Cook and Smush Parker playing in the play, like three. JJ, that's pretty low. Sammy four. I mean, but we've for seen. Me, some... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like five and a half, bro. I think five and a half is a fair score. I agree with you guys. I don't think the games were great. I do think Denver and Miami. As much as people would say, oh, this is a good series because we we get we're seeing two underdogs or two teams that we don't expect. But the reality is, you want to see the premier high class rivalries like the Lakers and the Celtics, right? You want to see the Lakers and the Clippers battle it out. We saw the Lakers and the Warriors, but like Sammy said, they weren't great competitive games and the series, you know, there were a lot of blowouts. Then you have injuries like Kawhi got injured. You have the Suns who, you know, those games were kind of blowouts. So yeah, I agree so with the, you. A three. I don't think it was you're, you're, no, in all five, the reasons why it's a three. Five and a half. <laughs> three is so low, man. Man, it's crazy low. Guys, I'm going higher than that. I personally enjoyed this NBA postseason. I'll tell you why. So Miami Heat, who does not enjoy a Cinderella story, okay? Like we're all just waiting for the Bucks to just destroy the Heat. And what happens? I know Giannis Antetokounmpo got hurt and it was hard for him to come back, but no one expected them to win even when Giannis went down. So like everyone's just watching this team like get destroyed by this, this Jimmy Butler guy doing it basically all on his own. I thought that was great in the first round. And also, Sam, you already mentioned it. The best series was actually Golden State and Sacramento. That was back and forth, fun basketball to watch. The coaches knew each other, et cetera, et cetera. And then in the second round, we still got Steph and LeBron James. Like that series did happen, even though LeBron James was hobbled. Okay. He's getting older, but Steph Curry was still amazing. It was still like we still all watched it. You know what I'm saying? And then also in the second round, we had to watch Doc Rivers, okay, blow another 3 1 lead. 3 2. 3 2. 3 2. Sorry, 3 2 lead to this Boston team who couldn't get things going but then could turn it on. And they did it again in, against Miami. They almost came all the way back, but that didn't happen. But it's still 
kept us engaged for the next round. Like, can Boston actually do this? The dud here was no one knew what kind of buzzsaw the Denver Nuggets actually was, like were. And in the finals, that's when it happened, where they literally just dominated, dominated the series. So I think it might be a little bit of a letdown at the end because the, the finals wasn't so great. But overall, I was entertained it, each round. Wait, did you say your score? If you say nine, I'm, seven, I'm leaving this episode. Seven? seven? Oh my seven. goodness. I'm going <laughs> seven. You know I was entertained. I, okay. We'll give you know what? The ratings C, back you up C. though more than us because the rate this was the highest watch playoffs, I think, in twenty years. So the ratings do back you up on that. No, That's... it does not back him up because there were four California teams, Thank and I'm you. pretty sure that attributed. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. And Thank I'll you, listeners, say. for having my back with your Let views. Let me add one more thing. <laughs> when Dylan Brooks overtakes the news cycle, that's an issue, and that reflects my score. Oh, man. Where is Dylan ja? Brooks? Dylan Brooks had Where to make this. Ja? All right. With that, we're going to take a short break with a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor, Parlay Play, has the best lines to increase your chances of winning it big. Not only does it have great lines, it's an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINIC, all NBA, for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a new feature called Slide the Line, where users can raise or lower a line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, and download the app now. Download the app now. Indeed, we have to talk about Zion Williamson, who announced that him and his, I think his fiance are pregnant. And all of a sudden, an adult film star named Mariah Mills, she had some tweets, some crazy tweets come out about Zion Williamson and this alleged relationship with Mariah Mills. Mariah Mills had this to say. She said, My condo better be ready in two weeks. And you're right, I'm mad, Zion Williamson. This entire situation has you spending all types of unnecessary money. That BM is toxic. You can fly other uh, B-words or people out regardless. <laughs> it's not my problem. Eddie, I, I already had a convo. I know what the time is. Exclamation point. Guys, if you're Zion Williamson, okay, what do you do with this situation here? What do you guys think? Oh my goodness. Like, what is the correct response here? I'm I'm not gonna kick us off, but I do I did want to just point out that I was observing and J, I don't I don't think I've ever seen JJ smile as much as I did in the past <laughs> 20 seconds. He was he was chopping at the bit here. I think he wanted to move this topic to the very top. Anyway, I digress. Well, well, with that, I have to defer as well. JJ, please kick us off. Okay, well, well I don't even know what, where to start. What should Zion Williamson do? The yes. best thing is to stay off social media. Yes. Okay, don't even respond. Do not conduct any interview. Stay out of the spotlight, out of sight, out of mind. Number two, I mean, I'm not one to talk about anyone's resume, but in today's day and age, you might want to watch out who you're with because if you pick the wrong person, they could blow up your spot as seen here. Yeah, I mean, didn't didn't PJ Washington get into a situation kind of like that? Something, something who? like that? Who's that? Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not quite like this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Boys, what does what does Zion do here? Like, let's let's give this man some advice. <laughs> She's just, I mean, wow. Where, yeah, like JJ said, where to start? I'm kind of left speechless here. The the first thing is he JJ's right. It just delete. He should just delete all his social media. I think not giving in, but that the problem is, is that she has free reign on, you know, she's just blowing up his spot and left and right, saying a different, more egregious thing than the last thing that she said. It like it's like a, <laughs> it's like a nightmare that just keeps getting worse and worse. 
I don't know, man. Like, just delete your social media and hopefully time will just, you know, let this die out. As all as many news cycles do. Yeah, agreed. If if he has any obligation to this other woman, then pay her, do what you have to do, get her out of your life, like control what's around you. And yeah, definitely get off social media. I'm with you on that. Careful of where you're finding potential partners. Um, you know, just keep an eye on the hubs of women that you choose to hang out with. Uh, I will leave it at that. This is good. And, yeah. And my man, you know, get it you, together and I will leave it at that. You know who, who's, who's uh, kind of relieved at this a little bit? It's probably John Morant. He's been at the forefront of the NBA uh, trauma. Yeah, but but see, Adam Silver hasn't dropped the suspension hammer. That's coming any day yes, now, too. So yes, he's jumping back in shortly. He's jumping back in the spotlight. You're right. You are right. That is correct. Zion, by man, do do what these guys said. Also, if you have to buy a condo, maybe buy it overseas. Get her, get her as far away as possible. At least Hawaii. <laughs> Like, yeah. like you and your girlfriend need to make amends here. Explain whatever situation you need to explain, because this is absolutely messy. And speaking of messy, apparently New Orleans Pelicans have their eyes on the point guard Scoot Henderson, who's coming out of the draft here. He's likely to pick be picked either number two or number three. And the New Orleans Pelicans are also willing to trade up to pick him, potentially. Should the Pelicans trade Zion Williamson in order to attain the rights to Scoo Henderson? What do you guys think? This is going to sound crazy, but my immediate thought is yes. And I wouldn't even have a second doubt about it. Was it based Which... off of the news that I just dropped about <laughs> Mariah Mills? I'll be honest. That part of that definitely pushed me in one direction over the other. I'll be honest. But the reality is, is if you just look at his history, right, he's often injured. He's there are reports of him not being mentally engaged with the game of basketball, not coming mm. into into training camp in shape. His and this this just latest news, right, is just a, a clear indication. And, and look, there's he didn't do anything illegal, but there's just a clear indication that he's focus isn't solely on the game of basketball and getting better and that's what you kind of want in a player obviously you know we want to have a life outside of basketball but he there are just so many distractions with zion that i think it's about time to, for me personally i think you need to cut the cord and get the value you can for him before it gets worse and worse i, I think you might be right on this and you know the really interesting thing is it's, it's hard to say. Draft is obviously next week, so rumors are flying. But the rumors are that Charlotte is not going to take Scoot Henderson at two. If that's remotely true and their intel is correct, the very interesting team in this draft is the one sitting at number three, Rose Portland Trailblazers, who have said that they want to build around Lillard and are shopping the three pick. Hmm. So does a... Number three plus Simons and whatever else to make the cap work for Zion potentially makes sense for both teams. And it might. So would I do that if I was New Orleans? I think I'd have to consider it because the other part of this relating to what John said is that is New Orleans as a city the best spot for a 22 year old who's clearly having some focusing issues? Because he is that environment going to be the one that makes sense for him to focus on basketball and no offense to Portland, it's a great city, but it's it's not New Orleans in terms of entertainment value. Maybe it is a better place for him. It's a slightly smaller media market and it's a place where he's going to have a proven veteran in Lillard, who I know there are some vets in New Orleans, but Lillard ain't going to stand for any BS if he tries it there. So yeah, maybe that's the move. If they're not going to trade Dame. If they can get Zion, maybe that's the way they, that's your pivot. And maybe that's the way you go. So I think in the right deal, which if you can acquire Scoot and a piece like Simon's, I think it'd be hard to pass if you're New Orleans I based on your track record. Also, when Zion Williamson, um, I think he was rehabbing and also just trying to make weight. He, he went out to Portland in the Nike 
campus. That's right. And Nike was also watching him because Nike has a fat contract with Zion Williamson. And that's in Portland. So, I mean, I think you might have something cooking there. Sammy, JJ, what do you think? Yeah, I would say look into having Zion being traded just because this year was the year where we had these grand expectations. We all saw what could potentially be with the Pelicans. So that would be my only drawback. But like Sammy and John were saying, the resume speaks for itself. The history speaks for itself. And now you have this outside mess on top of like the rumors of last year where his uncle and his team were saying that he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. Maybe while his trade value is high, you get it over with, get what you can and get help for Brandon Ingram. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you guys. Go ahead, John. I was just going to say, maybe the Grizzlies should trade for Zion so we can have the most entertaining Memphis <laughs> Grizzlies team that we've ever seen. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, we, we are over time, my friends. That's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you all, and thank you for listening this season. She knows she loved Jay because John, thanks for being on, man. I'm just thank hey, you, thank you, thank you for everyone for listening to us. And uh, 2024 NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers. I'm putting in my ballot now. Get ready. There you go, Sammy. <laughs> thanks for being on, man. Always good to be here. I will call all bets on that one. But speaking of bets, uh, keep joining us in the summer for some fun gambling previews and some stuff we'll do NFL, NBA. Anything else of interest? And guys, that actually concludes our season three of the Clinic All NBA podcast. Thank you all for listening. Also, stay with us because we will be having pods throughout the summer. So keep your alerts on, keep your downloads on. Also, shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.